you're listening to the Bus Boss Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 99, with me, your host here, Hamish Carton. After a dismal international break, club football was back at the weekend, trying to put a smile back on our faces, and boy did it. Over the next 90 minutes, we'll be looking back at all of the chat and discussion from all four tiers of the SPFL at the weekend, and there is certainly no shortage of talking points. I'm joined today um, by a rather small panel. The two flatmates are with me this afternoon, Johnny Clark and Lewis Kemp. How are you two doing? Yeah, not too bad. It's just to see, good to see all the the unemployed's are here. You see, Matt and Fisher are out working. Except for yourself, of course. Yeah, thank you. Just put a wee disclaimer in there. I am in fact employed by many organisations, but I've still found time um, to do this podcast. Looking forward to looking back at the weekend. Um, we're going to start with uh, a game that you probably wouldn't have got very um, good odds at, been at the start of our running order, the top of our running order. It's Partick Thistle. And Hamilton, it finished 2 all at Farhill. Farhill for thrills, as they say. Um, and it certainly was a, a thrilling match. There was four goals, uh, and there could have been many more. Yeah, and I think there was some good um, good technique on show as well. I mean, the, the turn, um, Abdel Osman, the turn, he, he, two turns he made, actually. Aye. And the, the cross in was was sublime. And uh, Donati's ball as well, I think, oh. was the second goal was it just was. Was, was excellent. So uh, a lot of kind of quality on show, which I don't think we might have mm. said before before the match. But um, yeah, I think, it's, I think again, though, it was maybe a, a game both teams would have liked to have won. Um, but um, I think given how good the game was, we'll be happy with the point. Yeah, there, there was uh, brilliant football, as you said, that great ball from Donati for, for Brophy for the, the second Hamilton goal, and equally good play from another midfielder, another centre midfielder, Abdul Osman out in the wing for uh, the, the Lindsay header, um, but there was, however, calamitous defending as well, Johnny, um, and that's been a bit of a, a kind of... A, th- a theme for these two teams this season the fact that they can't seem to close out matches mm. it's sort of we, we associate this with Hamilton last season as well because the, the amount of times they take the lead and uh, let it slip but it's kind of bizarre for Park Thistle because they're normally more resolute defensively they fancy them I think I tipped a 1-0 win for Partick so mm. obviously fancied them to to see the game out but like Lewis was saying it's not a terrible point for either I think Hamilton will probably be the happier. They seem to pick up these points here and there. It's away from home. They're they're reasonably good, but Partick, it's it's maybe starting to get to maybe not just because of this result, but you start to wonder where the wins are going to come from. And a home to Hamilton's mm. probably the you you would have fancied them to win. And considering they're bottom of the table, they're still bottom. It is starting to get a little bit. Worrying, despite the fact they've had obviously a, a difficult run of fixtures. Um, I just felt we our chances came just after the second, second half. We started the second half really brightly and we had two great chances. Um, we'd put them to bed. It might have took the wind out of Hamilton, but credit to them, they keep on going uh, and they got their goal. But defensively, it's, it's, it's awful from us. I think away from home, two one down late in the game, we'll take the point, and we'll move on. But I think again for us, we, we missed too many opportunities. But you can say the same about this. So they had two or three as well. They've missed so. Maybe over the piece it's, it's a fair result, but I thought for large spells of the game we controlled the game, um, and I think if we could, if we take chances, I think we can we can definitely win games. Martin Cannon there, the Hamilton boss. You look at their team and the man who's probably going to be a massive player for them this season is the man you touched on earlier, Massimo Donati. He scores the header, his first league goal for the club, and then he set he sets up that that brilliant goal, and he is a key player for them, experience and quality. 
Yeah, um, I think, you know, just going into this season where I've heard they signed for them, I was a wee bit um, sort of apprehensive in that, you know, it's been a good few years since he was at mm. Celtic. Um, I thought he was decent at Celtic, but it wasn't anything um, groundbreaking. Um, but that being said, if he could have, you know, taken that form he had at Celtic and Hamilton, then they would have had a really good play on the hands. And it looks like that's, you know, been the case so far. Um does seem to be he just he adds a lot to them I think um, in terms of that experience you know that's quite you know you might kind of forget it's still quite a very young team there um, my worry with Hamilton is more so to do with up front uh, I know Profe obviously obviously got a goal on uh, on Saturday but I just sense that you know if they had a goal scorer I don't think there would be anyone near hmm. as, uh, the position they are at the moment new boy they had Bingham looked kind of a bit lively didn't he the, the boy they signed him. Um, last week and he looked mm. like he was getting in about the place uh, Daco had chances and just he just flats to see big time he just doesn't score goals which for a striker especially for a team like Hamilton where they need goal scorers um, and you look at the past and the players have had that have scored goals for them and kept them in you go back to players like Richard Offiong and players like that, <laughs> that actually um, and scored goals um, and of course the boy that went to Norwich as well Antoine Curie um, Curie is another one as well um, but they've got they had players that scored goals I look at them this season um, I mean both teams have been unable to win matches they've both only won one league game out of nine for uh, Hamilton eight for Partick Thistle why do you think they struggle to win matches Johnny? I think you touched upon earlier they'd struggle to see games out but it's also Maybe a bit to do with the fact that they they do lack firepower. I think you've got to you've got to bracket Partick with Hamilton now in that category of, of teams who just don't have a goal scorer. Because when when was the last time Chris Doolan was was scoring goals regularly? Mm. He's just not doing it for them. And I think Partick are probably in terms of quality of their players. I think we've mentioned Osman. I'm a, a big fan of him. Yeah. Uh, churning goals is probably a, a step above. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they just don't have the goal scorers that that they require to finish off games. I think, and it's probably a similar case for Hamilton as well. Yeah, Thistle off the bottom with that point. Um, they're actually unbeaten in nine matches against Hamilton. But as Johnny's saying, it's not really a welcome result. It was one they probably had to be looking to win. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it on paper again, just to kind of reiterate what Johnny said, um, that's a key game for them that they they really should be looking to win if you know if, I mean their ambitions before the season started you know people were talking about top six and stuff like that so you need to win these games at home I think um, but um, yeah it's, it's definitely not worked the way it, um, it's definitely not planned out uh, very well for Thistle I think even you know obviously signing that Adi Aziz um, as much as I think he'll cause problems his finishing doesn't he, um, inspire a lot of confidence to be honest with you um, and I think they've maybe been let down a wee bit in that department but um, I mean, as both teams struggle for goals, I think Hamilton as well. I've kind of touched on this before, I think, but um, I feel like like when they go one 0 up, they'll almost try to see out the game as opposed to get a couple of another couple of goals. And um, you know, maybe not so much on um, on Saturday, but certainly in other games where they've you know conceded late goals, St Johnston and Inverness and stuff like that. Um, there was some sort of a kind of pattern emerging there. Um, you know, so that would maybe worry me. Although you know, this time obviously it was different because um, you know it was them that got the equalising goal. Um, so maybe there is a, a kind of change of kind of a change of things there. But. Mm. 
That game, Johnny, a 2-0 draw at Firhill, one of only five matches both teams to score in the whole of the SPFL this weekend. Very right? interesting. That's the rest were, were either goals, goalless though. or they were 1-0. They were um, but yeah, there, there were a lot of goals. But that game, the only one in the, the top flight anyway that, that finished with both teams scoring in it. Um, we're going to go up to Pataudry now because Aberdeen are certainly a team who are scoring lots of goals. Um, I'm just reading the, the first... Uh, paragraph of the BBC report and we'll probably change it if someone from BBC hears this but it says um, Aberdeen remains second in the Scottish Premiership with an easy win over comfortably beat Ross County don't know who's writing that one um, for Aberdeen but it was a very comfortable win Johnny about as easy a victory mm. as the Dons will get all season yeah and uh, I think Aberdeen have kind of struggled against the two Highland teams it's been a kind of bogey obviously Ross County beat them 4 nothing at Pataudry that, that was the, the last season. meeting between the sides yeah. it kind of shows how how much both teams have changed mm. since then I think Aberdeen towards the end of last season where it's a difficult it's difficult to kind of go off that because it was yeah. obviously after Celtic had won the title it was almost as if they just packed it in but um, I think Ross County will be quite disappointed nobody really thought there would be a thrash in there, and it was very, very comfortable. Um, Cabardine played well. Hayes's goal was was impressive. Mm. Um, he'll be he'll be key for them. When I mean, when he was out, he, they really, really missed him. So, if, if like I said, I've, I've always backed Aberdeen to be the t- if there's going to be challengers, which I'm not too sure if there will be. I think Aberdeen will be them. I think they're a better side than Rangers and Hearts and. I think they've just they've, they keep pre- proving that um, in the last couple of games. Yeah, the big moment in the match came um, after the Johnny Hayes goal for Aberdeen. It was a red card for Tim Chow of mm. Ross County um, for a two-footed lunge is the best way to describe it, probably on Johnny Hayes. Um, bit of a horror tackle that one. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a bit daft, really, because I yeah. think you know if there was a kind of key moment in the game, that for me that was it. Um, they, you know, obviously conceding as early as they did, you know, wasn't obviously good for them. But I think, you know, there was kind of no way back really after the red card. Um, that the the bigger issue for County, I, I feel, is the fact that they, you know, they've not got a goal scorer at the moment. Mm. Um, obviously Boyce is out. Um, but even when Boyce was, you know, still there for a bit, you know, they went scoring goals, and that's maybe what my real worry again. Yeah, they are definitely missing Liam Boyce No goals for Ross County in their last four matches Only one in their last six And guess what, that was scored by Liam Boyce against Motherwell Um, Putting it simply, Johnny, they're not very good without him (laughs) That's probably a fair assessment Um, And that must be worrying Because he's a wee bit injury prone He's had a few injuries Yeah, Um, yeah, it's just totally different without him and the team I think they, they were at well, we've got to remember, of course, they were at Ibrox and Tynecastle and did get two nil-nil draws, which you would say are positive results, two points gained. Um, no Boyce in either of those games. You'd maybe say, well, you could maybe argue that if Boyce was playing those games, they might have not ground out a nil-nil draw because they would have been maybe playing in a different way. So you mm. could argue that there's points gained there. But no, I, I totally understand what you mean, that they are... Just not the same team without him. And they need to. Other players need to step up to the plate. Other strikers need to step up to the plate. Schalke, etc. For Ross County. Are they the biggest one-man team in the league? Ross County. Yeah. yeah. Um, try to think of other um, teams. Can't really. I suppose you could say Motherwell is the only. But I wouldn't. 
I would say probably mm. Ross County. I just I just think when you look at it, when you have players um, like Liam Boyce, you look at when they when he's playing and the and when he's not playing, and there's such a large contrast for me that just suggests. It's interesting how much they miss him because that, that's not just that's not a coincidence. Oh, well, not, actually, scored. I disagree. I'll say Ali Crawford. Um, I or, think possibly that's another one. No, that possibly I. Um, but I mean, but I get your point. Yeah. I, I just I look at them and I know they've been to Petodre, Ibrooks and Tynecastle in the last three games. But even then, a team like Ross County, you'd fancy them maybe to nick one in one of those games, at least yeah. score one. And then you add in the fact they've been to Hamilton before that and had St Johnson at home last week. Haven't scored in either of those ones either. And even Motherwell, the one they did score, they only scored one. So they're lacking goals big time. One goal in six games. I think there's I think there's alarm bells going a little bit for um for McIntyre uh, at, at Ross County. We'll hear from him now after the match. Tim so early. Uh, and it is a red card, we've watched it back. He's got to learn from it. In the modern day game, he can't go to ground and, and uh, he's went in with, with with two feet when he could have went in my side foot so that's something that he's got to learn but it certainly put us up against it against a good side who who have strengthened this season in terms of the squad so you know that that made it a difficult day for us. Well Ross County are a competitive team so and we've seen it before even with team playing against teams with 10 men you still want to do your your job well and I thought we did that the fourth goal from Jaden um, I thought put a true reflection on the game I thought we were well in charge of the game uh, missed umpteen opportunities goal disallowed um, uh, all in all, a good day's work. Derek McKenna saying there that 4 0 was a fair reflection on the match. You look at the way Aberdeen are playing at the moment, and it was a point that was made on um, that fateful show that's on a Sunday night in BBC about how they've got McGinn and Hayes playing so well, and Rooney's always scoring as we know he, he is. But you add in this new boy, Madison, who just the, mm. the clips they showed, he just looks, he looks a class above anything else even in that Aberdeen team the way he plays with his head up um, his first touch is brilliant and his delivery is probably his end product we saw the goal against Rangers he is a he's a player yeah he's a fantastic player and the only downside to him is that he's only going to be here till January mm. uh, it's, a, it's a shame actually not just for Aberdeen but for Scottish football because those are the players mm. you you want to see on a Sunday in the highlights it was a joy to see that wee flick he did you know when he gets back to the goal and he mm. flicks it and I think it's for Shinny who just couldn't quite get the ball back into his path I mean that was that was just that was fantastic he is mm. he's class it says it, it sort of said it all when I think Norwich fans were pretty annoyed when the club let him go to Aberdeen so he's obviously mm. very highly thought of by the team that are I think top of the English Championship so if he goes back there and gets a game that'll be testament to his season he's, he's been he's been excellent so far in his four or five games for Aberdeen Yeah Madison and Aberdeen looking very good at the moment final thing I've got Lewis eh, I've just got it written down here Pitodri cameraman oh, I was dear a, oh dear I'm, I'm glad you've brought it up because I, I couldn't see what, what was going on. Was like they've done it before, and I'm positive this is BBC's camera because um, a few of the cameras are were all right. Like the Tyne Castle was fine and um, Celtics was fine, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it wasn't even just the, the camera angle. There was the kind of weird cuts they had yeah, as well. Like yeah. when maybe Hayes was kind of running on yeah. through it. It was dire. Like it was done by. Mm. Um, I don't know. Aberdeen Fulsh, college students yeah college students or something yeah. um, it, it just it spoiled the game a bit for me because it was a really good display from Aberdeen you want to see the highlights you want to see the movement but like you've got <laughs> uh, Shinny breaking his neck to get into the box and the cameraman's focusing on Johnny Hayes trying to beat the man like it's, it's not it's so simple but yeah. like just use the usual camera angle don't be so you know, artsy or like Aye. 
I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if it's maybe try to make it easy for the easier for the analysts or whatever, which is you know the complete wrong way to go. If that is the idea, I have no idea, you know, what the thinking is behind it. But I just hope that they they change their thinking because mm. it's it ruins the enjoyment of what is otherwise a probably it's an average show anyway. To be honest, <laughs> I knew I knew you'd want to comment on that, so that's why I left it to you. Um, Celtic to. <laughs> Motherwell now Celtic still top of the league you're kind of um, I, I don't really know what to say about this because it's yeah. similar to the Dundee game it's kind of just you don't want to praise Celtic too much because they only scored two goals and they are everyone knows Celtic are a class above anything in the top flight at the moment um, so we'll maybe focus on Motherwell more can we just um, talk about that Tierney run oh amazing <laughs> amazing uh, uh, if that had gone in that's your goal of the season I don't care about Carlos, I don't care about yes. Cooley Bally into the same nah. net a few weeks ago if that one goes in nah, um, le- leathering it's better than just skinning the whole team <laughs> just putting <laughs> a foot through it that's what I'm after for me it wasn't it's the, the final bit's brilliant I think the nicest bit's when he does lastly the kind of lovely left to mm. right he does that's so neat but for me the best bit I don't know if you've seen it because I don't know if the highlights properly showed it, but when he outstrengths the guy yeah, did, uh, on, it, on yeah. the left wing, that is just Tierney in a nutshell. Um, again, you run out of things to say about Kieran Tierney. Um, he, he's fantastic, but uh, I was going to focus on Motherwell more because it was a it was an interesting um, discussion after the game. For my sins, I was listening to that Clyde SSB phone in that's on a, a Saturday night after the game. Um, and they were chatting about the Motherwell display and uh, Gordon Diel was at the game and he was saying that Motherwell were, he felt they were incredibly defensive and it was damage limitation for the first minute. And then you're hearing Mark McGee's comments after the game about how he had to come and have a go at Celtic. There's no point in just kind of taking the defeat, he had to come and have a go. So how, how can, well, they're both watching the same game. I, I watched the game, I, I thought Motherwell were, were actually pretty decent much better than their cup showing uh, in, in the Betfred Cup when they were completely annihilated I think they were they were very solid at the back but I thought they um, I thought they actually caused Celtic a few problems Louis Moult had a couple of chances and when it was 1-0 um, Moult had a good chance another boy had one at the back stick he tried to kind of hook it and it was, I mean, it was a half chance at best uh, but I, I thought Motherwell were actually pretty decent probably the best visitors in the league so far this season, however, it's well, not difficult. I think, I think, am I right in saying it's the least amount of goals? Yeah, teams conceded. So, I mean, I think that tells you uh, all there. Um, I mean, also, you know, I, I, you said, you know, I think they had a good number of shots as well. The possession wasn't anywhere near as you know one side as I think it maybe was in the um, the, the league cup, the, the previous yeah. meeting in the league cup. So, yeah, I thought they, yeah, I thought, I thought they were. You know, decent. But then I think again, if you look at Celtic, they didn't really need to get out of first gear, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, probably, you know, there's no argument for me that they're probably the, the best side that a park had this season in the in the league at least. I think Craig Sampson was. Uh I don't want to use the word hero for Motherwell because you don't have heroes in a 2-0 defeat but he was the standout man probably on the pitch the way he played save after save and um, just goes to show I think he did similar in the cup game as well and he still lost five goals which goes to show what Motherwell are up against mm, Yeah um, yeah. If you don't, if you go to Celtic Park you've got to have a keeper in form and even when you do you're still getting beat like you say 5 nothing and 2 nothing. so it does kind of show show what you're up against but it's, it's impressive for Sampson because I've heard quite a few people sort of having doubts over mm. Craig Sampson recently and I, I think he's a, a cracking goalkeeper so it's good to see good to see he's sort of putting on a good display in the in the big games I suppose you would mm. say got to Celtic Park for for Motherwell it's a big game even though the uh, 
they maybe go there, like you say, as a with a massive outside chance, almost as a defeated team. You can kind of tell by the the support they took as well that they they don't fancy their their chances. I know many not many clubs travel well to Celtic Park and Ibrox, but you can tell they just don't they don't yeah. fancy their chances of winning there. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that was probably a good illustration of of how the fans felt going into the game the fact that only between like 50 and 70 turned mm. up at Celtic Park on Saturday um, there was uh, on that, that show I was listening to on Saturday night um, a man who I actually put in room 101 later on in the week Laurie from Deniston um, oh. was uh, called in and the he, Scottish football intellectual yes y- using Deniston. big words that no one's ever heard of yeah. before um, but he was he was saying he made a very simple point this time he said that this Celtic team are the most dominant domestic team there has been since um, the Martin O'Neill team of the early uh, 2000s. It's got that kind of feel about it. Mark Guidi, I think, saying today he thinks Celtic will have the league wrapped up by February, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but this Celtic team, are um, they're able to win games without properly breaking sweat. Yeah, I think so. But I think the comparisons to Martin O'Neill, I think it's more so to do um, with the kind of managers we've got here because, you know, obviously both of them very highly rated um, and there is a kind of sort of presence about them as well. They both kind of command a lot of respect. Um, and in terms of the team as well, I suppose, you know, obviously with, you know, there's some big signings here, Dembele and Sinclair. Mm. That's two really big signings. And, you know, I've talked about it before, but it's probably the first time Celtic have shown a, you know, a bit of ambition mm. or a bit of kind of risk-taking almost um, since um, the Martin O'Neill kind of era when, uh, you know, immediately after. I mean, that was the whole reason they left in the first place was the kind of... Um, was the fact that they, you know, they weren't giving them as much funds as as, as previous. They were downsizing a wee bit, um, mm. and Strachan, you know, managed that very well. Um, but I think there was a lot further more da- downsizing. But you know, f- for whatever reason, um, um, Rogers has been uh, given a lot more money to spend, or or at least been given a um, yeah, more money to spend. Mm. That I think. Um, it's today. I think he's probably the most similar manager we've had since Sonia. I thought it was an excellent performance on the back of the players being away for a couple of weeks. We come back, uh, showed real good attacking intent. Um, give Motherwell credit as well, because I thought Motherwell did well. Um, but we created quite a number of chances. We we restricted them to no shots on, on target um, and showed a real good professionalism in the game. And uh, yeah, I was very pleased with the performance. The plan was really to allow the fullbacks to have the ball. You know, that's what we, we decided to do because that way we knew where the ball would be, and then you know to deal with it. We found it a little bit more difficult than than uh, the size of the pitch here is a problem with that. You know, when they switched play, um, Keith Lasley and Craig Clay found it a little bit difficult to cross quick enough. So in the second half, we dropped you know the the, the two forward midfield players back in you know defensively, and that made it a little bit better and allowed uh, the two strikers then to sort of be in a more forward position. But tactically, uh, it, it done everything we tried. We, we hoped. It would do. It was a little bit adventurous, you know, with the young players in particular. But I think you're going to, you know, the likelihood is you're going to get beat here anyway. You know, as well, uh, getting beat trying to get something out of the game is just simply coming here and surrendering. Hmm. Very interesting. To be fair, I think they do deserve a wee bit of respect for the academy players they had on the pitch. I think it was like four or five or something at one point. They gave a few players their debuts as well, but. Um, yeah, there was some interesting comments. Just let the full-backs have the ball, even yeah. though one of your full-backs is Kieran Tierney. Mm. Like you just, 
that boggles my mind. Hmm. Just you and see what he can do to you from that one clip. And Just also, Keith Lasley doesn't like big pitches, <laughs> which probably isn't great for a footballer. Um, but yeah, that, that's Keith Lasley, I suppose. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to Tynecastle then. Um, a small to, pitch. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I think a slightly bigger pitch than folk make out. Hmm. I think Maybe it's, it's the, stands, think the, the, the telly. The telly used to be a smaller mm, pitch. The telly know. angle makes it look much smaller. I think if you're actually at Tynecastle, I think you think it's well, you notice it's maybe slightly bigger. Um, anyway, two former teammates at Tynecastle on Saturday in the um, respective dugouts, uh, but they're very differing fortunes at the moment, Johnny. Yeah, things just are going from bad to worse for Dundee. Um, and the sad thing is, I think a lot of us have seen this coming from a long way away. Uh, so obviously, we speak on every single podcast about how massive the, the, the losses lo, of losses they had mm. in the summer. I'm banning um, that chat from now on. You're not allowed to it. mention the Never two players they lost. You're not allowed to because it's a because it's just such an easy excuse yeah. for Hartley, in my opinion. That, that that squad he's got, in my opinion, should still be doing better yeah. than than bottom of the league. I, I, I didn't even realise, I, I thought they were still above Partick, I no. m- made that mistake earlier on the show, but bottom of the league, it's like you say, it's, they should be, in my opinion, still aiming for top half, I know they've lost a lot of players, they've brought in some decent players, I know you maybe don't rate back 3 as much as I do, um, but no, it's just such an easy excuse for him to just point at, at the summer and say, yeah, this is why, for, for me, he's, he's got some good players there, Um Players that that would easily get into other teams, even I think a good number of their players could play for a teams like Ross County, St Johnston. So they are on that sort of same level as those teams, and they're just they're way underperforming. And for me, some of it, especially to do with the style, has got he's got to go down to Hartley because he can't grind out results. So many one-one draws, and that was last season when they had that firepower. And now what these draws have turned into losses, and they need to turn into wins. Yeah, as I said, Dundee bottom of the league. They haven't won and since the opening day of the season at Ross County and uh, it's four defeats in the bounce, loose. Yeah, I think it's kind of bizarre just looking back at that Ross County game because I think after it, we were all thinking maybe Dundee will actually surprise a few people this year. They might be mm. better than uh, what we expect and maybe that was kind of similar to what happened them the season previous when they beat Kelly. It's so kind of convincingly as well in opening day I think I don't know I, I just you know obviously they set out for set very defensively at Tynecastle um, from what I heard you know Hearts were maybe quite unlucky actually not to be one up a wee bit sooner than what they were um, I just I, I don't know I just I, I kind of worry about them defensively I think they're, they're okay um, but at the end of the day there's just there's not really a lot going forward for them and you know that that needs to change soon I think Are Dundee United going to get the retaliation they need and beat Dundee in the playoffs at Dens Park to send them <laughs> down I, I really hope that it's happens It's becoming lightlier and lightlier I know it's a long way off of course but Dundee United if they keep going alright in the championship we second place and Dundee somehow managed to get off bottom place there's got to be parallels. Where things have happened. There's parallels anyway when you look at the way Dundee are playing at the moment. You compare it to Dundee United last season. I think mm. it was Michael Stewart made the point. Dundee United always felt they were a big club 
and mm. they were going to get this when they couldn't go down. Too big to go down, that famous phrase he used. Well, we know that's just a ludicrous statement now when you look in previous years, the big clubs that have left the top flight. Dundee can't rely on, on the kind of big club that they are. They need a victory and they, they need it soon. Yeah, and I just, I, for me, I can't see... I can't see where it's coming from. I, I, well, I think the fixtures a... they've got coming up. Um, I'll find them for you right now. I think they've got like Motherwell. They've got Hamilton. Mm. Um, they've got someone else coming up. They've played they're... Hamilton at home and they didn't win that. Mm. So, for me, it's just it's looking really, really bleak. And I can't see. <clears throat> I'm being really negative about Dundee here, but I just I can't see anything changing. And if, I think that for me. I know it's very early, but I think Hartley's got to be on his on his last warning at Dundee. Mm. I thought I thought they underachieved last season, uh, considering the squad, and he kind of got away with it a little bit. And this season, well, more than underachieving. So, yeah, a trip to St Johnson on Sunday. That must be televised, that game. Um, they've then got um, following midweek the Wednesday that home to Partick Thistle. Chance. Mm. Away to Hamilton the following Saturday, chance, and home to Motherwell the following week. Those three games after the St. Johnson one, who you can maybe slightly write that off. I'd fancy St. Johnson in that game, mm-hmm. certainly, although I need to kind of watch my words after what I said last week. Um, but Partick Thistle, Hamilton, and Motherwell in a, a triple header, chance for points there. I think the fact we're even discussing um, next fixtures Aye. probably should kind of sound the alarm bells, really, because I remember at a similar point. Uh, last year when we were talking about oh United have got a good run of fixtures coming up maybe they can uh, get a f- a finally get a run together and um, that never came to fruition at all so um, I, I don't know I just I don't see a lot of characters in that team to be honest with mm. you I mean it's, it's all fine and well you know you know guys like Harkins and stuff yeah. I know you know he can only play 60 minutes or whatever and there is a lot of kind of faults with his game but at least you know he, he's a character in that dressing room and he you know motivate you know players around them to you know to actually care about what's happening at the moment because it does look pretty bleak at the moment what about Tom Hately as a positive though he, he hit the mm. post with a good effort um, he had numerous chances get good delivery had the free kick that just went over the bar he looked like a player who is capable of, mm. of possibly spearheading some sort of, of resurrection yeah it's, he's a really interesting case actually um, it's fascinating because obviously he's come back from playing in, in Europe and we say we've not got really enough of these players going going abroad, but maybe he's sort of got this. I know it's only the Polish league. It's probably a similar standard to, to the Scottish mm. Premiership, but maybe he's, he's found something over there more technical that will set him apart. Um, he's certainly a, a character anyway. Like Lewis says, they, they do lack these sort of characters. Maybe he can be that guy, but I just... I really, I really do. I do worry for for Dundee. Yeah, well, we'll turn to Hearts um, because, on the contrary, it looks like they've got goals all over the park. They had the boy Johnson like scoring his his first goal for Hearts. And um, Patterson's got two and two in the league after that kind of, or after and before that dismal couple of games for him for Scotland. Um, and they've also got players like uh, Callum Scott's best football friend Robbie Muirhead <laughs> coming on and uh, apparently Robbie Muirhead was brilliant when he came on well obviously he gave the he, it was his ball in for the, the uh, first the goal Patterson um, yeah. Heather um, yeah apparently he was he was very good but yeah I, I think that, you know, Salmon missed quite a good chance as well I'd, I don't know I don't want to be too negative about Hearts um, I still think they're maybe 
you know, up front in the bigger games, they maybe lack a wee bit. But, you know, as you said, you know, when you've got players like Patterson, they can really get a go at nothing. And they highlighted it in sports, seeing the fact that, you know, he scored a very similar goal against Partick Thistle uh, from a header. And the reason why he was getting that goal was the desire. Um, you can also point to the, 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 the Johnson goal as well for, yeah. um, you know, his kind of desire to get past the past the defender and, and get that in the in the net. So, uh, yeah, I think they do all, you know, I think at Tyne Castle, I think, you know, the, the fans will, will help and, you know, you know there will be a kind of will to win there. But uh, I don't know about against the better teams, they might need um, either striker to, um, or Salmon at least, I think, you know, he needs to maybe start start getting, getting his goals. Yes, Friday night uh, saw Rangers getting their second win on the road, uh, in a row, sorry, second win in a row and, and their second one on the road am I right in saying that Dundee the only one that won on the road before that um, mm. they won away at Inverness an Inverness team that were um, five games unbeaten uh, before that including games against or draws against Aberdeen um, and Celtic so that was a a result that Rangers needed and they got it courtesy of a, a fantastic Kenny Miller goal yeah it's a great strike and yeah. uh, a fitting 100th goal for Rangers for 30 him 33rd surely <laughs> I saw um, <laughs> I saw my good friend, good friend at inside the SPFL <laughs> um, with, I think he tweeted something like just Kenny Miller's 33rd goal, ah, what, what a time for it to come. Yeah. Oh, you've got to give the boy the boy credit, he's just <laughs> relentless. But um, oh, I've just got that. Aye. It's pretty impressive he's scored 33 since then actually. Well he has been playing against, no disrespect, farmers and, would say. Oh, farmers and fishermen, painters. And accountants Candle makers <laughs> <laughs> But he wasn't playing against any candle makers on Friday night And he can still do it no, He's playing against a very, <laughs> a very impressive Inverness team I thought it was actually uh, a, a very good win for Rangers When you think when you think about it It's gone under the, the radar a bit It's a good clean sheet They've been lacking them Still somehow people are managing to slag their defence I know they've they were maybe a little bit open towards the end, but I really thought Inverness, if they had equalised, it would have been massively undeserved. I thought Rangers were in control of the match. Inverness didn't really offer anything. Yeah. They, they didn't create, and obviously Darnell Fisher was 50p heat at the end, but that was about the only chance Darnell they created. Darnell Fisher? Eh, sorry. <laughs> Alex Fisher. Uh, yes, yeah, that's the, the one the boy, after. The boy who scored um, against Celtic, uh, in the last minute, we had a massive chance late on. Yeah. It, was, it was a game I was watching on Friday night, and it almost passed me by. It was a strange one because uh, you always felt Rangers were in control. They got the goal, I think, twenty minutes in. Rest of the kind of ten minutes after they scored the first goal, they should should have had a second. They had the one. Mm. Um, I want to say it was Waghorn saved on the line. A brilliant save uh, from from Owen Fawn Williams. Um, and they could have had the game wrapped up well by half time but they didn't and I was tweeting at the, at the time on mm. Friday night how often that has happened the Rangers have won two games this season mm. uh, and in the league that is well away from home sorry and the, both of those games have been they've got the goal and then they've not capitalised on it at Dundee or even when Dundee when they got the second goal they didn't fully capitalise on it and they, they were left scra see, scrapping for the win at the end I see to be fair to uh, uh, Rangers and Warburton here they were getting criticised at the start of the season for, you know, being too attacking and being yeah. too open. Um 
I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be a bit more pragmatic. And you know, some people will look at it and think, "Oh, well, Rangers were taking the ball in the corner, the kind of well, last kind of minutes of this game yeah. and stuff," and saying, "Oh, well, that's, you know, they shouldn't be doing that and stuff." But at the end of the day, you know, they, they got the three points, and that is what what a lot of people were criticising Warburton mm. for was that you know he didn't have a plan B, and now it looks like he's maybe, well, hopefully for Rangers' sake anyway, um, being a bit more pragmatic and you know, you know. Make sure that they're they're all more kind of defensive minded, um, you know. As you know, clean sheet obviously here, obviously last week again um, wasn't the case against Aberdeen, but again our clean sheet against Queen of South. So that's three clean sheets in the last four games. Mm. So you know, I do sense that you know going into the game on Sunday, obviously I think I, I think maybe Warburton's maybe learned his lesson in terms of being way too open and you know has kind of. Um, style of football maybe I need to be uh, more suited to to this level yeah I mean there's no doubt Change Rangers it. were the deserved victories on Friday night they were by far the better team should have killed the game off more you look at a player like Nico Cranchard Johnny mm. um, who really now is, is starting to look the player that we thought he would be when he signed uh, in terms of he's got that kind of languid style but when he gets the ball some of his passing is just brilliant he can find the wings mm. from anywhere on the pitch yeah I think this has always been the case with Cranshaw uh, people have said before he needs to find his fitness but whilst I agree that he's he's obviously been out of the game I know he's playing with New York Cosmos but it's in the second tier in, uh, in America I know he needs to needs to find his fitness but I think what people were expecting from him was sort of an athletic footballer, these people that were go- going on about fitness, and I know mm. that Cranchard doesn't need to be running all over the park to have an influence on the game. The way he dictates play is is exceptional, um, and I think the quality of, of the player that he is is starting to shine through. Um, I mind we made the prediction that Cranchard and Barton would, I said they'd both stay on to the end of the season, since then they've gone down completely different paths, obviously the well the well-known path of Barton, but Cranchard's taken a turn for the better. He's been fantastic every time I've seen him in the last few weeks. Even when he came on against Aberdeen, I thought the way he passed the ball was was very impressive. Mm, they say that the best players create space for themselves and they always look like they've got loads of time. Um, and I got I got the impression, certainly, um, from uh, Joey Barton. Uh, Joey Barton, Nico Cranchard. Sorry, I'm too busy playing about with that light there. I've just discovered... I, that. I was wondering <coughs> what was going on there. That's bizarre. Trying to give us a fit through I've, here. I've just uh, discovered a wee switch under my foot here and it's lighting up a line... Uh, uh, it's lighting up a thing that says Q. Is there anything we could use that for in future? Just to annoy you. Whenever you're talking crap, I can just... Uh, to get Matt to stop telling nonsense stories. Yeah. Or just to finish up your point, maybe. Just flash That's a good idea, on. isn't it? What, what's your other lights say there? Uh, make live and on air. wonder if I can play about with them as well. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, a victory for Rangers <laughs> there. Um, Inverness, I was a bit disappointed yeah. in them. I thought they, they gave the ball away needlessly at times when a wee bit of... Um, Calmness would have would have served them quite well um, in front of a, a good crowd. I thought on Friday night as well, um, but I, I just I, I think maybe we went a wee bit overboard. It's always very easy after a club's last result or a team's last result. You look at them and you make rash judgments on that last result. Um, but I do think those previous five games were maybe camouflaged a little bit. I think they could still be down the bottom of the table near the end of the season. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think first half they were. Pretty poor, to be honest. But I thought they kind of changed things about second half, and they were 
Um, you know, they 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 come a few times. They're, they're close a few times to to getting the equalising goal. Um, it's just kind of poor finish and kind of let them down at the end. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think I think actually for her after the game, I think he was saying that it was one of the best performances of the season. Um, which was um, you know, obviously negative result. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but um. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe go back to the point you said about the obviously the fans turning out. I think the fans believe that they can maybe get something out of it, um, but it just wasn't to be for them. Mm. Well, we hear from Mark Warburton, uh, not from BT or from BBC or anyone else, uh, but we'll hear him uh, from uh, on the official uh, Rangers YouTube channel. Delighted, it's a tough place to come. Um, they're a very good team. Yeah, the results of late have shown that. Um, so we, we were very aware of the challenge uh, they were going to pose us tonight but I thought first half we were very very good and, and we were brave to get on the ball and we got started and we, we, we didn't lose patience and uh, we were very good went in one a great goal from Kenny of course um, but we went in one nil the only disappointment really was that we didn't have more goals uh, and second half again lots of chances at the end there um, frustrations in terms of we were loose at times second half and we can we can be better we will you know, we'll learn from that but tonight the key focus is to come here Tough venue, get three points is really important. Yes, Mark Warburton there after Rangers 1 0 victory over Inverness back ages ago on Friday night. Final game was also a 1 0 win for the away team. It was Kilmarnock to, um, to the surprise of absolutely everyone on the planet, uh, especially myself. Kilmarnock actually won a match of football. Let's just have a wee uh, listen to what I had to say um, on it must have been what. Uh, Thursday's show uh, In terms of the game on Saturday Famous last words maybe But I think um, It's your Your banker of the weekend I think that St Johnson will beat um, Kilmarnock at home I don't see any way That they won't beat Kilmarnock at home I don't think um, Well, I've, I've made my points very well And because I'm kind of In this seat today As opposed to the whole seat I can maybe Elaborate slightly That I just think um, Kilmarnock And you've seen it in recent weeks There is no backbone to the team Thoughts on that Lewis? Um, yeah that is pretty Pretty poor judgment from you. Um, I did. I'd like to say I actually pointed out that St Johnston have um, they have a tendency to kind of drop weird points here and there. Um, so it, it didn't really surprise me as much as I thought. I was surprised that Kamara could be able to get the win. To be honest, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it was very unexpected. But um, I think. You know, again, St Johnson do have a kind of tendency to drop points we wouldn't expect that. Where does that tendency come from? Is it the fact that they don't have a, a support behind them like the four other teams that are at the top of the league that demand victories? Is there a feeling possibly that St Johnson can get away with dropping results or losing games like that? As long as they don't do it too often, that I I get the feeling there wasn't a massive outcry at McDermott Park on Saturday, obviously a wee bit of frustration but I don't think there would have been boos at full time or calls for for right to, to go or whatever, anything like that um, is that maybe what slightly sets them apart from, from the top teams? Um, I'm not too sure but I I see. I kind of see where you're coming from with this tendency but I don't know because Tommy Wright and St Johnson are always considered as this sort of consistent team Maybe that's not always the case, but I still think, like you're saying, they're not one of the one of the top teams. Maybe for that reason, but they've 
they're still above expectations when you look at the the clubs just below them. I think they're still five points ahead of Ross County, Motherwell. Teams with, like you say, like you're describing there, teams with a similar fan base um, to them, a similar stature of club. Um, so maybe the maybe they don't have these expectations, but probably rightly so, I would say. Is that another myth for our show then later on in the week, Lewis, that St Johnson are a consistent team? Hmm. Um, I'd probably say so. I, I don't know where this consistent things came from. I, I, I get like, I think they're definitely more consistent than, you know, obviously your mother walls or your Ross counties and stuff like that, but they're no one near as, you know, I don't get the same um, feeling when St Johnson come to Parkhead or whatever than I do when Aberdeen or Hearts come. Um, Maybe it's from the St Johnson fan base. It's kind of a case of you know we're overachieving as it is at the moment. Um, you know you're kind of asking for. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they would have been disappointed, you know, after the game. But um, I do think it's a valid point that um, maybe the expectations are a wee bit lower at a club like St Johnson than they would be at a club like Hearts or Aberdeen. It's probably a fair comment. Uh, you look at Kilmarnock, Johnny, because we'll focus on them because they, yeah. they're the team who won the game. They deserve all of the credit for that. The goal uh, comes from Kelly Cow's favourite man, Scott Boyd, um, huh. on the snowman's birthday, of course. Fantastic. We kind of had a feeling um, that that might happen and Kilmarnock might do that for the, the good man himself. Uh, but it's a result that takes Kilmarnock into ninth place. It gives them just... A little bit of breathing space. I've got that 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 thing of the one two games as opposed to one, which Hamilton Partick Thistle and Dundee have all only won one. Ha- uh, Kelly now have two wins. They've both come away from home. Is there anything we read into that at all? Just these pesky plastic pitches again, costing come on. Well, they won at Hamilton, which is a plastic pitch. Ah. So, well, there goes that theory then. No, I, I do. I thought I thought it was a bit of a well, it was a total smash and grab from. From Kelly, I think I've seen the stats at the end. They they scored from a corner. They only had one corner. I think they had four shots. St Johnson had about three times as many, but they just St Johnson couldn't take their chances. And you've got to credit Kelly that I don't think they had. Well, certainly not in the in the highlights. They didn't have an attack in the first half. But you've got to credit the Jamie McDonald especially. Mm-hmm. We're talking about keepers that were that had good performances at the weekend. He was he was exceptional. So there there are players that you've got to credit. I thought St Johnston probably, the, well, it depends. If you say they deserved the win, but if you can't finish, it's the, same, it's the same way that they got the point against, did they beat Hearts? Yeah, they beat Hearts yeah, in the now. same. So it's just basically the polar opposite of that. You just said, based on the stats, they'd have won against Kelly and lost to Hearts. So, so maybe that's justice done then? Not for Hearts. Mm. Well, maybe Hearts will be dominated by Kelly and Nick a wee late winner <laughs> the next time they play. Uh, as I say, Kilmarnock ninth now ahead of Hamilton, Partick Thistle and Dundee. Just three points separating sixth place Motherwell with bottom placed Dundee. And my question for you, Lewis, is instead of a 6-6 split this season, should it be a 5-7? Because you look at the way the teams are playing and there is certainly two leagues happening in, in the top flight. Um... No, because I think it'll be interesting to see what other team will get into that top six. Cause it could be anyone. It could be, could be Kamala. Could even be Dundee. Could be Dundee. Yep. Go four four four. My opinion. Four four four. But like the winner of the second four playing the winner of the first four in a two-legged playoff nah, to play the w- winner. Winner of, winner of the second four gets Europa League. 
It's a good idea. Do Europa League playoffs as well. I think that's what they do in Belgium. They do a similar thing in Belgium. Yeah. They do. It's um, but you know, you can imagine the outrage. There's already outrage. A split been in our league, so you can imagine the outrage. Remember the whole 888 proposal and all that for the top two tiers splitting into That's a kind of larger version of what you'd be proposing. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly there are, there are two leagues. There's a Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers, or St. Johnson in one league, and then the rest are in the, the kind of bottom seven, if you like. Um, but that is that's another week in the Scottish Premiership. Another week down. Um, we're nine weeks into the season now. What have we learned, Johnny? Um, we've learned that Celtic are probably going to be very, very dominant. Rangers, in my opinion, we've learned that that Aberdeen are still the second best team in the league. That Dundee are, are nowhere near as good as they should be. And hmm, Partick. I think mm. we've got to say something about them because I thought they would be surprise package, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. I pe- people we had Partick down as some people even had them top six, I think, mm. and uh, they they're certainly not doing it at the moment. A draw for them at the weekend, of course, in our match of the weekend against Hamilton. We will turn now to the second tier of the SPFL, uh, and we're moving from a crisis at Dundee to a crisis. At Easter Road, yes, I'm calling it a crisis because if you take me or take you all back a month ago, Hibs were about to play at home to Air United. They had a hundred percent record, I'm sure, in the league, and um, they could have gone clear at the top of the league. Um, since then, since losing that game to the Honest Men, um, they haven't won now in five matches. Um, they're out of the the Iron Brew Cup, and uh, they've drawn three and of course lost that one um, in the league. So. Um, they are still, we must gauge, just top of the league, but it is not going to be plain sailing, we don't think. No, no, I think um, it, it really surprised me. Well, I don't know if it really surprised me, but I, I expected them to get a result, given, you know, obviously Lennon was quite um, was quite critical of them uh, last week in the press, and um, you would have you know, expected a reaction, but um wasn't to be. Um, yeah, I think I I can't really pinpoint what it is. Maybe it's just a kind of loss of momentum. I think, but you know they'll they'll need they need to really kind of change up pretty soon. A I loss think. of goals, really. A loss of goals as well. Yeah, a couple, three of those games been nothing each. Didn't score against uh, Wraith Queen, at the Queen of the South. Queen of the South, and um, maybe it was only two. Yeah, because he scored against St Mirren here, and I can't think even what the other game was. To be honest with you. Um, but either um, Neil Lennon, the, the photo that's on the, the BBC Sport website shows that he's very frustrated. Um, Gary Parker in the background there as well. Uh, they are top of the league. The big moment in the game uh, on Saturday, you've probably seen the clips on, on uh, Twitter actually of uh, Marvin Bartley's red card. It looked like it was um, given for very little from what I saw. Have you seen those clips? No, I've no, not seen I, it. I, I've, I've saw it, yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Strange one. It, it was quite quick as well. He, he got the card at his pocket. Must have was, seen something. Yeah, um, I, I I can't explain that to be honest with you. That that was quite a, probably the most bizarre decision of the weekend. Yeah, Hibs are topping eighteen points uh, of the championship despite that nil nil draw at Starks Park against Wraith Rovers. That is because Queen of the South lost their first match <laughs> of the championship season, and boy did they lose it. They lost five nil at home to Morton this is just one of those results that just makes you go what? 
Yeah, um, I, yeah, we can talk about Kamara being the surprise result, but for me, this is the surprise result of uh, the weekend and probably one of the most surprising results of the season so far. Um, I think it's all you know, fine and well saying Morton to beat them, that's fine, but to beat them as comfortably as it did, 5-0, I mean, that's... And it's kind of mind-boggling almost. Mm. Our first big test for, for Gavin Skelton at Queen of the South. We obviously had that defeat at Rangers. That was probably in a way to be expected. But losing 5-0 at home to, to Morton, they're now off the top of the league. Of course, I don't, I don't think they've realistically got aspirations of winning the league, Queen of the South, really. Um, so I suppose it's just a case of, of him sitting the guys down and, and start to go again, do what they've been doing well all season so far, because that is that's going to hurt them a little bit. You would not, I mean, what what price would Morton minus five, minus four have been mm. at the weekend? Eighty to one, more than that, I'd 100. imagine. Well, Queen of South would have been probably odds-on favourites going into that game, and they've they've come out with a five-nil loss. It's pretty it's pretty astonishing. Um, you say the first loss of the season, but in the league. still being an exceptional start to the league. When you think about where we all. All expected Queen of the South to finish. Some of us thought they'd be playing League One football next season. Um, so you've got to give Skelton huge credit for the for the job he's done. The five nil loss. They've got to sort of move on as soon as they can and and look to the positives that there's been in the last two months, in which there's been an abundance of them. I think give credit to Morton, but as well because mm. you know that's been a that's a decent run they're on. Mm. No, um, it was a difficult start for them. Some yeah. of them, some fans were saying, you know, Duffy's not been doing enough. The t- the tactics are not been good enough, etc. So, yeah, he's, he's he's silencing some critics. He was exceptional last season, and Morton were as well. So, same again this season. Maybe they can just challenge again for the top four. I don't think they'll they'll reach they'll reach it probably because of. Queen of the South and Rafe's really good starts Yeah, Queen of the South and conceded just four goals going into that match on Saturday then obviously went and conceded five in about 70 minutes uh, of that game, Morton themselves as you say, Lewis have won three of their last four, uh, again, Dunfermline and Wraith and Queen of the South at the weekend, all big victories for them they're sixth in the table now um, and, and they've got this big game next week to look forward to, they could not be going into that game at Hamden against Aberdeen and Finer Fettel yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still, it's still really difficult one to call. I do have a wee kind of sneaking feeling that Morton might be able to cause a wee upset there. Um, but you know, as you said, there's not better, there's not better form to go into a, a cup semi than um, than you know, what they've been doing recently. Um, yeah, just to reiterate, for uh, credit to Duffy for turning it around. Uh, we we were all talking on the podcast. I think we're quite negative about Morton and um, how they kind of performed so far this year but um, yeah it's been a complete change of fortunes for them Do you see any chance for them in that game Johnny? I think the I seen Aberdeen were 1-5 to five and I thought hmm that's a bit that's a very very short odds for a team that Aberdeen have really struggled at Hamden in the well the last few times they've been there Um Obviously, when they won the cup, that was at Celtic Park. Uh, Morton, they've got to make the most of this opportunity. They they were the ones that wanted to play that game at Hamden more so than Aberdeen, so that could have some sort of advantage for them. They're going into it, like we say, they couldn't be going in a better form. Mind you, nor could Aberdeen, two 4-0 wins in a row. So I do think that will be more a more competitive game than people are maybe giving Morton credit for, but I think Aberdeen will... Will come through it 
and uh, I think they'll probably be playing Celtic in the, in the final. Yeah, massively looking forward to that game. It'll probably get absolutely no build-up over the next week or so, that Aberdeen Morton Betfred Cup semi-final on Saturday. But looking forward to that one ourselves. Uh, we'll turn attention to the Fife derby now between Falkirk <laughs> and uh, Dunfermline. <coughs> Uh, a victory for Fifers Falkirk over the fellow Fifers Dunfermline, uh, and and Connor Park was was pretty chuffed about this. I think he was actually he was spotted at the game by one of our one Ooh, of our many fans. Was. People are actually taking photos of Connor Park. We, we must urge people uh, not please to feed his take. Ego. Yeah, I got a text from him um, on on Saturday night saying, <laughs> "You know, you've made it big time um, when when folk are, are starting to take photos of you at the games." So the the fella on Saturday who actually took the photo of him, um, shame on you. Uh, can I just say as well, Andy just, see if you actually if you actually look at that photo, um, Connor's face is as white as the background. So <laughs> advertising in the background and his face is just as white as yeah, as that, which is quite worrying, really. So we we don't um, we don't condone um, photos of Connor being taken. However, we do um, we do like to see people um, abusing Connor at games. Yes. United fans. Um, recently, um, what 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 was it they they shouted at Connor? Um, uh, full suit. Um, no, go for it. Full suit wanker. Yes. Um, and ginger hair is unacceptable. Yes, that that that's the kind of so stuff you we want a, to see videos of yeah, on the bus bar Twitter. If you see a kind of pale, pasty, um, ginger haired boy with Get off uh, to describe suit, everyone knows him. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, horrible abuse, horrible pie at him. Yes, you'll probably catch it and eat it though. There's actually a gift somewhere um, of Connor Park eating a pie. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Incredible um, However, he was delighted on Saturday because Falkirk um, got the victory over their big rivals, their third in the league, Falkirk. Um, Craig Sibold scored the first goal. I've actually got a wee clip of Craig Sibold um, chatting after the game. Here you go. Uh, it was a special day. Uh, obviously, seeing the atmosphere and that, it was a good, good game to play in. And uh, just happy to get the first goal and kind of set us on our way. Thought we played like really good football at times, and we're unlucky not to get quite a few more goals. So uh, it's the right direction, the way we want to play, and that. So we're happy with the performance, and I'm happy with the goal. Can you describe how it felt to score that goal in front of the fans? And uh, it was good. It was a bit weird first half shooting the other way. I think they were trying to get in our heads, but uh, no, it's, that's our kind of best. Uh, Side to go, uh, like to attack to. So, uh, it was good to score into all the fans. Uh, I think it was sold out the south stand, so it was good. Eh? Craig Sibold delighted there um, with his with his performance and Falkirk's performance on Saturday. Um, this was a, a result we all saw coming because every single one of us was a clean sweep for Falkirk. We all mm. we all knew they were going to be. Yeah, we knew. Just like we we knew St Johnston would beat Kilmarnock. Mm. But uh, no, it's an it's impressive result for. Well, it was a, a game that Falkirk would have been expecting to win, but they still got to go out and win it, and they're only a point behind Hibs now. I've actually just received a message from the man we are talking about there, who... Craig uh, Sold. <laughs> Connor Park, who's claiming that um, Falkirk will be top this time next week. So confident as ever. I'm not sure who they've got next weekend, but he's expecting, obviously, Hibs's troubles to continue. And second mm. place, Dundee United. Yeah, they've got they've got Wraith Rovers at home next weekend. Ooh. Hibs are away at Dunfermline. Um, Queen of the South are away at Ayr. So he's obviously seen a few results going their way next week. Another um, Fife derby there. To be fair, <laughs> yes. To be fair, he makes a lot of bold claims, Connor Park. But most of the time, he's yeah. kind of not far off. As yeah, much as it pains yeah, me to say annoying. that. 
Yeah, um, there was six and a half thousand at the Falkirk Stadium. Fantastic crowd on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, great crowd. Um, it looks from the kind of brief highlights um, I saw of it, it looked, you know, to be a pretty good atmosphere and very mm. few kind uh, of spaces. A lot of five chants, probably. A lot of five chants, yeah. Those acts. Imagine the accents of that game on Saturday. Bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, so Falkirk, well done to Falkirk. Bairns with that victory against Dunfermline on Saturday. Farid Alagui scoring against uh, his former club in the Fife Derby. Um, must have broken Connor Park's heart. Um, Air United. What about Air United? What a team. 3 0 victory over Dumbarton. And any other week, if it wasn't for the, the other thumpings away from home that we're, we're going to come on to later on, and of course, Morton's against Queen of the South. Um, Air United would have been our team of the week because beating Dumbarton three 0 yeah. away from home, Alan Forrest hat trick. I think I think we kind of talked about how certainly last week we talked about um, the possibility of Air getting something out of this game, and I think nobody could have seen three 0 I think if we were expecting to go fairly tight between mm. these two teams, they really, you know, on paper there's not a lot between them. Um, but I think again it's momentum with Air. Um, there's a lot of confidence and belief in the side. Um, and you know, not too dissimilar to the kind of run they went on last year at the start of the mm. season, albeit obviously a different division. But yeah, um, yeah they're certainly um, proving a lot of doubters, including myself, wrong uh, in regards to how they've kind of started the campaign this year. I've almost got a weird feeling for here, Johnny, because I want them to succeed so much this season. And while they're playing so well at the moment, I almost want them to get as far away from trouble as possible because you know the winds are going to dry up at some stage mm -hmm. and you want them to have that cushion. That cushion at the moment is seven points ahead of St Mirren, five ahead of Dumbarton, and even four ahead of Dunfermline in eighth place. Um, the trouble is that St Mirren are going to pick up, Dumbarton are going to pick up, and Dunfermline almost certainly are going to pick up. Yeah. So... It's, it's a difficult one but I mean there United you can't take anything away from at the moment is it a case of enjoying it at the moment before it runs out or, or is this here for the long term um, well I think the the thing about Air is that it's, these victories have all been built on clean sheets they've, they've kept Falkirk out for 120 minutes you've got to remember Air are part time and they're yeah. only training twice a week they've managed to keep out a, a full time Falkirk team for 120 minutes Kept the clean sheet at Dumbarton and nil nil with Dunfermline clean sheet. So Morton, Morton. So when was the last? They've not conceded in four games. So <laughs> these are built on clean sheets and the the, the signings they've made. Balatoni's been excellent every time I've seen Air United. Nicky Devlin, club captain at fullbacks. Hawkins is excellent player. against Falkirk. Yeah, but defensively and even um, Greg Fleming goals. He's an outstanding goalkeeper and a bit of a penalty specialist. He saved one or. He claimed he didn't save one actually against Falkirk in the cup, but he's he's a very good goalkeeper. So as long as they can build from the back, I, I think Ian McCall's a very good um, man. I wouldn't say he's a defensive. Well, he is re reasonably defensively minded, but if if he can build up a team from the back, I think Air have got more than enough to to stay up this season. Even though they don't, maybe well, maybe Alan Forrest is the man to score goals, but I, I wouldn't have imagined he'd be the guy to score fifteen. But Maybe they can build that way. Yes, uh, Dundee United beat St Mirren at the Paisley 2021 Stadium uh, in the, the final game 
um, of the weekend as we are looking at it in the Championship. St Mirren's still rooted to the bottom of the table. I was chatting to uh, our good friend at St Mirren, St Mirren Active after the game. I asked him his uh, opinions after the match. Uh, he says that St Mirren were improved. There was a lot more fight in the team. A few crunching tackles that had certainly been missing um, under previous uh, manager. Um, who will come on to in a wee 20 minutes or something because he had some comments to say. Uh, again, a few mistakes leading to St Mirren losing goals, a lack of a final ball up front. Um, and finally, St Mirren actor finishes by saying he thinks or he believes that St Mirren will come good, but they need results soon because teams are winning around them. Um, so signs of an improvement there, Lewis, uh, but not the, the result in Jack Ross's first game. Yeah, um, not... For me personally, too surprising. Um, I expected United, you know, coming off a you know, decent result at Hibs, um, to get something out of that. But um, yeah, I think uh, for me, St. Marin, the main thing again, it comes down to their home form. If they can sort that out, um, I would be fairly confident they'll be able to survive this year and 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 be okay. But um, it's been the the biggest issue for them for quite a few years now, and. Um, it needs to be sorted out. It really does. I think. A week off for them next week, Johnny, because Morton's game uh, is in the cup. So, so St. Man have a week off. Mm. Uh, is that what Jack Ross needs to get this message through? Could that be the blessing in disguise? And are going to come back as world beaters in two weeks' time. Um, that's a difficult one. It's it's one of those ones that could, it could really go either way. I mean, normally when you're on a run of bad results, you just want to say get the next game round, keep trying to win these games, um, but. Like you say, with Jack Ross, obviously only had a couple of games in charge, or one game. Well, if you count the fact that he was actually with Aloha for the mm. first one, so he's only had really. He's the a only game. manager ever to win two matches in the same day. Ah, I seen that on the burst bus. I'm tweeting that in, but um, uh, I'll, I'll say it'll probably be a positive thing, so he can he can try and regroup with a with a week off. Yes, uh, I'm just looking uh, now on Twitter. It's completely off topic. Um, Hibs of just announced that they're going to release uh, a DVD about their Scottish Cup victory. Mm. Um, oh. It's called Time for Heroes. Will you be buying that, Lewis? Um, probably not. But, um, yeah, the, 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 there was a guy behind me at the game on, on Saturday who um, he kinda, he was having a go at the uh, at Hibs, or just, well, just Hibs in general, about the fact that they've kind of had a bit of a tour for this um <laughs> this trophy and stuff and they've got this DVD coming out and whatever and they're milking it a bit but you know what um, I'd be milking it as well mm. because everyone was uh, you know it's been a laughing stock of uh, Scottish football for years at Hibs have you know failed to win the Scottish Cup so uh, in my opinion they're more than entitled to um, milk it for as long as they can especially given how exciting the, the cup final was as well Yes, go for it, Hibernian. Dundee United in the, the meanwhile, they get the 2-0 victory over St Mirren, as we say, uh, on Saturday. That result means that Dundee United are up to fourth place. They've overtaken um, the former club of their manager, of course, Ray McKinnon, Wraith Rovers. Uh, they're into fourth place, and that is the kind of result that Dundee United needed. They're starting to, to look like a proper team. They had that win over Stranraer, a draw at Easter Road as well. They won their previous game... Uh, to that as well they're looking like a team who could certainly capitalise on the likes of um, Hibs and Queen of the South starting a little bit mm. I think they've, they've sort of lacked consistency uh, a little bit this season Dundee United but they were you've seen straight from the start of the season that they're, they're a good team um, a very good manager there I think but it's just 
defensively I've, I've, I wasn't convinced by them but if they can start defending properly I, I think they'll be they're comfortably they should comfortably make the playoffs alongside Falkirk I think the other one Falkirk and Hibbs obviously I think the, the fourth one's really the, the spot that's well up for grabs 3,600 at the game so just a wee bit short of my, my kind of 4,000 even 4,500 target for that one in League 1 um Breakin nil Alawa one was was billed as the big match as it, as it obviously suggests Alawa got the victory. It was a it was a kind of latish goal, am I right in saying that that won the match for them? I think it there. was fifty summit. Well maybe not that late then. Jim Goodwin's first match as Alawa boss and a massive victory for them. Um it was a sixty eighth minute. Um, from from Mar and uh, that's a result that puts Alawa back top. Breakin um, we said that one of the big questions was going to be whether they could do it against the top teams in the in the league, the, the likes of Alawa and Livingston, and they haven't quite answered that yet. Um, for me, Alawa and Livingston are a step above Brecon, and I think you'd you'd only have to go as far as Darren Dodds to to find that out. Um, when I spoke to him after the Livingston game, he said the aim was to be in the top half at Christmas. So you've got to remember they were nearly relegated last season. He's done such a good job there. Um, to have them sitting second in the league at this point. Um, but I think they could they could stay up there, despite the fact that they're, they're maybe not as... Amb- he doesn't sound so ambitious, but teams in the middle of that league are taking points off each other yeah. all the time. And if Brecon can keep beating those teams, then I see no reason why they can't finish third. I do think, though, that it'll be... Alloa, I think Alloa and Livingston have both got a very good chance of, of going up together. Livingston, though, had a bit of trouble on Saturday. lost only their third match of the season, but their second in three weeks because they lost at home to Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers themselves are in a great run, uh, longest winning run in the league. They've got three on the bounce and they are suddenly up into a playoff place. Yeah, um, they do have a again have a kind of a, a habit. Albion Rovers of kind of mm. uh, upsetting teams here and there. Um, yeah, it's a, a very solid team, and um, I, I maybe I would say worry about Livingston, but um, I don't think it's going to be as much a kind of runaway mm. um, for Livingston and Alwa as maybe people expected. I think the last few weeks has certainly taught us that. Um, similar almost to what's happening in the championship with Hibs No I, I get that opinion Albion Rovers as I say fourth in the table three of their four wins this season have come in the last three weeks and we know that, that Darren Young is a, a highly rated young manager the, the chat was um, that Alawa uh, did approach um, Darren Young as their kind of one of their, their first um, appointment or their first uh, preferred candidates for, for the job when Jack Ross left to go to St Mirren but they couldn't quite um, sort out compensation with Albion Rovers. That was a chat. So he's, he's certainly a manager who's going right to the top, uh, and that that was a, another feather in his cap. Beating Livingston uh, on Saturday. Elsewhere in League One, um, you had Queens Park one East Fife nil. Um, that that cracking game live on the uh, BBC Alba. Airdrieonians one, Peterhead three, and the bad news doesn't stop there for Airdrieonians because they've got Gordon Diel coming into the job <laughs> today. He starts uh, at Airdrieonians, so we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, and the game you were at, Johnny. Um, apparently, this wasn't uh, an absolute thrashing, even though it was. It was Stenhouse Muir nil, Stranraer five. Yeah, well, the first half there was 
Um, I think Brown Ferguson pointed out after the game, Stranraer had four shots, three of them went in. Uh, a great free kick for the first. This the second was a good a good goal from the 18 year old boy uh, Kyle Turner, who's got a big big future ahead of him. Um, and the third was just a shambles. I mean, they can't they switch off from a throw in Steny keeper blunders it, and uh, it's the easiest goal you'll ever see given away. Second half, I thought it could have been it could have been even it could have ended up being more than five. There was a sort of period where. Christian Nade actually came on as a sub. He scored a, a belter and off the bar, and he went through. And I thought this is this is getting seriously humiliating here. But he took so long to <laughs> kick it. It felt he, it felt like he had about forty yards, and he just his touch onto his right foot took about three minutes to happen. <laughs> it was the slowest thing I've ever seen. But uh, no, Brown Ferguson was well honest after the game. He said it could have it could have been seriously embarrassing, and, and that's when you know because five nils humiliating enough as it is but some some our players though still not still not pleased with their performance yeah you've you've led that on quite well now here's a uh, one of their star men willie gibson now just bear in mind when you're listening to this his team won five nil away from home no i took a booking for swearing so she just cracked them for spitting on me twice anyway i think we gave what did you um, it wasn't the best game. Um, I think that's a game that could stop football together. I thought it was fair uh, for both sides, to be honest. Um, we just took our chances. It's seen us winning comfortably, but that's probably the worst we've played all season. Who's he referring to there when he's saying, I should have cracked the boy? Uh, Willis Furtado upset him by spitting at him. Allegedly. Hmm? Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, sorry. Yeah, don't want to get ourselves in trouble here, but. That's what he said. So he said he spat at him. There was sort of it was five nothing at the time. It was about two minutes to go, and this sort of fracas. And it's one of those ones where the Stranraer fans are just shouting, "Wising up! Like we're five nothing up. What are you doing?" And he's come out after the game. He's still obviously like annoyed at this time because it must have been about quarter past five or something like that. And he's still furious about this whole situation, going on about how he should have, should have smacked them. So it's a bit of a Bit of a strange situation down at uh, Oakview. Yes, the the hard to please Willie Gibson. Um, how many did he score? Just the one. Uh, just the one. He played very very well actually. Although he probably wouldn't, wouldn't agree with me. Played well. One five nil away from home. Scored a goal. Still not content with life. <laughs> um, such as life in League One for Willie Gibson. League Two. Uh, big game. Arbroath two four for nil. A result that we both saw coming loose. Yes. Um, we both we didn't had get the exact mm. uh, scoreline right, but um, I don't know. I, it, it does seem to be a kind of theme where, you know, given we've you know we're talking about before about how you know Alan Livingston were kind of running away with it at the start of the year. They, they lose um, a game and then they kind of there was maybe a, a game here and there after it, and there is a kind of loss of momentum. Similar to obviously Hibs as well. Um, so it isn't all that surprising, especially given I think our broth are one of the um, better teams as well in that league that they, they managed to get the, the three points there. Yeah, four for an, a wee bit of trouble there. Three defeats in a row, both by or both all three by two goals. Uh, and their next match, albeit in the cup, is against Edinburgh City. Is that where it's uh, destined to start all going wrong for four for? Um, on the on the evidence of what you saw from Edinburgh on Saturday. Oh, there was a, I was having a conversation with a guy next to me during the game, and he kind of said you know, he made a really good point about how you know teams will up their game against Edinburgh because they don't want to be the first team that 
get beaten by them. Mm. I don't want them to have that kind of tag about them. So um, I don't know. I think maybe giving us a cup match, perhaps. But um, I'd still probably expect uh, for for maybe to to get the result there. Yeah, the game you were at, Edinburgh City have now played ten matches. Um, they're still to win one. Um, and remember at the start of the season we made the, the ludicrous comment I think when we were doing all that stuff about folks saying stuff they hadn't actually said and we said Ross Clark said that Edinburgh wouldn't win a game all season mm. we're going to end up wagging our faces do, the do, season do, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, as, I don't know on the evidence are so I think they, I think they will eventually they, they have to you know they will come a point um, where they'll they'll get those, those three points I don't think they're that bad to be honest Um Defending from set pieces is the real, real weakness. I mean, they're, they're really poor in that department. Um, you know, just go go back to Clyde. I thought they were all right. Um, but for them, you know, it, it wasn't their best performance of the season by any stretch. Away from home, they're um, they are maybe a wee bit dodgy, Clyde. I think. Um, but uh, you know, be delighted by the fact that they actually managed to get three points there and the clean sheet. And the Queen's sheet, it's yeah. a big thing. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, Edinburgh were really, really close to scoring on a few occasions, just quite unlucky not to. Yeah, Clyde third place now, only four points off four for, I'm sure, Barry Ferguson would have taken that a few weeks ago if he'd offered them it. Elgin are sandwiched between uh, four for and Clyde. They were another one of the teams who got big away wins, 5-0 for them away at Montrose um, on Saturday. And also the final game... Um, the 0-0 game between Sterling Albion and Berwick. Sterling Albion 7th uh, ahead of Montrose now after that point. Still manager Rangers 5th. Yeah. Uh, Corrigan as a kind of caretaker, caretaker manager. I, I, I assume they won't. I don't know if they're going to rush out and get a manager. I think right. they might be kind of happy. Uh, with, I think he's, if I'm right in saying so, he's got four points from, the, from his uh, first two games. So uh. not terrible at all for them. Uh, and they are only 7th place. They're only... Five points off of of a playoff place, so you, you never know. I, I think Sterling Albion might be one uh, for the second half of the season to to rise up the league table. Uh, we'll turn now to the predictions league, um, and for once, guys, uh, I'm usually slating y'all, including myself. This week we're getting a uh, we're getting credit this week because um, this was our, our highest total we have ever achieved, beating. The the week three uh, when we got if I'm right in saying so we got sixty three in week three um sixty eight points between the eight of us this week so just beating that our new highest total um and uh, this was how it went um bottom of the week with six points your good self Johnny Clark but six out of ten correct outcomes there so not bad at all um Ross Clark got seven with one. Correct score, 1-0 win for Alouette Breakin and four correct outcomes. Seven as well for Callum Fisher. Again, one correct score, four correct outcomes. That correct score was Falkirk's 2-1 win over Dunfermline. Um, Lewis, you and me both got eight points. Uh, you got one correct score. Rangers win at Inverness. And then, of course, five correct outcomes. Whereas I get eight correct outcomes. Not one correct score, uh, but eight out of the ten matches I called correctly. If only I had had... Uh, a coupon on with those eight teams um, 10 points was Callum Scott he got Dundee United's 2-0 win over St Mirren as well as 7 correct outcomes and in the lead this week uh, it's a shared lead this week Matt got 11 3 Jeez. correct scores for Matt 
um, which is as good as I think we've ever seen. Hearts 2, Dundee 0, Falkirk 2, Dunfermline 1 and St Mirren 0, Dundee United 2 and uh, two correct outcomes mean he's got 11 and Connor Park. It's getting a bit tiresome. He called Hearts 2-0 victory over Dundee and the 2 all draw between Partick Thistle and Hamilton. What a prediction that is, uh, as well as five correct outcomes for 11. That means that the total scores are bottom place, Ross Clark 47, Matt has 48, Callum Fisher and Johnny Clark are tied on 50, Callum Scott and Lewis Kemp are tied on 54, I've got 56 and leading the way on a mighty 70 points <laughs> is Connor Park. He is um, he's looking very good at the moment, but he continues to do well uh, in the weeks. Um, in terms of geese of the goals, our second week of this, um, I had Montrose Elgin, five goals in that one. I'm safely through. Connor Park safely through with his own game, Falkirk Dunfermline, three goals there. Lewis, you had four goals in your game between Cowden Beath and Annan, Matt had two goals between Celtic and Motherwell. Callum Fisher just scraped through with the one goal in the Inverness and Rangers game. Johnny, you get two late goals at Tynecastle um, to help you through. The first goal came in the 68th minute there, so you were sweating for a good while there. Um, and that means that Ross Clark is out um, with his one goal in the Edinburgh Clyde game because... Uh, same as Fisher, one goal, but his goal came in the 70th minute, whereas Fisher's came in the 22nd up in Inverness. That means that for the second week in a row, the player at the bottom of the list, as I've written it, has gone out. It was Callum Scott last week, Ross Clark this week. That means, Johnny, it'll be you leaving us next week, according to all that oh. kind of stuff. Um, I've got first pick this week. Lewis has second pick. Connor, third pick. Matt, fourth pick. Your fifth pick, Johnny. And Callum Fisher is last pick. And Callum Fisher has made it through two weeks with just two goals in his two matches. <laughs> Scandalous <coughs> um, from Callum Fisher. I uh, also want to quickly talk about the Saturday coupon um, because I was I was gloating about it on Saturday night. If you'd have had a tenner on each of our 12 weeks so far this season, our tips, as we had another one in on Saturday, you would be £160 up. Are you going to start taking these tips, guys? Because you're not doing very well yourselves, are Boss you? Boss no. super tips. That was awful. Hashtag boom. <laughs> we love late goals. <laughs> boom. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not bad for uh, for a lot of stuff anyway. Um, I've got a few, just a couple of quick talking points. We've got Alex Ray's comments. Did you did you hear these comments? I'll try and find them yeah. quickly if I can play them. Um, just outline what he said, Johnny. He just basically said he didn't really rate uh, youth football and he thought it was sort of a waste of time. He could only watch 20 minutes without getting sick and tired of it. And obviously he's now been appointed under-19s, I think it was, Scotland, Scotland manager. So it's a bit of a case of people thinking it's a, you're palling a job before the actual jobs for the setup. Boys. Yeah, jobs for the boys, that's it. It's just a... I don't have anything against Alex Ray, but you, and obviously they're not looking through everything he's ever said before they employ him but surely they must have shone through in the interview that he wasn't <coughs> completely passionate he's only seen 20 minutes of youth football in his life before giving up yeah incredible comments I'm just trying to actually find them here and just play them for any listeners who haven't quite heard them if you're looking for them we did retweet them uh, onto the Burst Ball page um, yesterday it was tweeted by St Mirren Active um, elsewhere the comments today Lewis the strange ones were from uh, Gordon Strachan I think one of the BBC <laughs> gossip pages yeah. um, saying that Lee Griffiths was uh, not favoured as a striker because um, he can't sure. defend uh, defend defend 
crosses from free kicks because he's too short. That prompted Lee Griffiths to to change his um, <laughs> his Twitter name uh, to to hashtag Shorty. Yeah, um, bizarre comments given uh, Strachan was the, the the tallest guy you can even get over uh, billboards. Um, if anyone remembers the World Cup um, from a, a previous era, but um, yeah, I just completely bizarre. And I think Griffiths as well. Like, I think his heading's actually all right. Given mm, yeah, um, well, he scored headed goals for Celtic this season. Definitely um, a good uh, jump on him anyway. So seem uh, to blame like Griffiths for the fact that he conceded a goal to a guy from a corner who's only scored three goals in the last four years or something. Yeah, like that. it's I mean, just stacking all over into. Astonishing. Um, yeah, burst ball team of the week was Morton by a massive seventy percent of the vote. Uh, Air United got fourteen, Elgin nine, and Sunrar for their five 0 away win only get seven percent of the vote. That yeah, kind of sums up um, sums up what kind of weekend it was. So well done, Morton, our burst ball team of the week. Um, we're back in a wee second for some questions. However, we do have a quick trailer just to play you for one of our paid episodes that we're with you on Thursday. It's an urban myth show. Um, here's a wee sneak peek of what to expect. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Bot Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 101, with your host here, Hamish Carton. Yes, happy Thursday, and welcome to this very special podcast as part of our 100th show week of celebrations. Over the next hour, we will be looking at some of the great Scottish football urban myths and legends, discussing and dissecting them to the nth degree to see if they are in fact fact or fiction. In traditional sun fashion, the headline is Swallow, swallow, we won't swallow green crisps <laughs> I mean, classy is always from the sun um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm anything The line that scares me in white are uh, men who wear gowns and burn crosses <laughs> 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 Which is, of course, is the Ergazzi <laughs> Maybe something in that It just astounds me how um, any time a club is getting a new stadium built They always seem to hire uh, contracting or build it, building firms to employ <laughs> Um, fans of their rivals. Yeah, fans of their rivals. Um, so it yeah. almost seems too good to be true in a way. A, I don't know. I just think it's a pretty kind of horrible, horrible thing to do. I mean, it's it's not quite up to murder, but I mean, it's not far off it in terms of like Hamish McAlpine once kicked the ball so far it went out of Tannadice and straight into Dens Park. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, uh, is this one of your? And then, and then he got. And then he, why would he get a Rangers one when he's playing in the same? Don't league? try and apply logic to this <laughs> podcast. That doesn't. That won't go well. This is one of my favourites. Celtic kept on their floodlights at Celtic Park during World War Two to help guide <laughs> German planes. Um, but uh, the story is that one of these waves on a particularly windy day carried a fish over the Gayfields wall and landed it in a man's bottle. I, I, I love the fact that it was a reserve game. Like it makes it like more believable. <laughs> See when you're telling absolute shite, you usually need to put a wee counter on it. Don't know, wasn't yeah, a big game. It just uh, a there's no game. fans there, so I mean, it was only me that saw it. You know? <laughs> well, of course, um, I reminded you all of the potential bigotry coming through that Campbell, and I was convinced <laughs> it was the the sash that he sang. However, in fact, it wasn't. It was just Derry's wall. So, so that makes it all right then. Uh, picked up a, an eye injury playing squash with the right back uh, aye with yeah Sergio Perini yes that um, that special episode which was uh, without blowing our trumpet too hard was absolutely hilarious uh, will be with you on Thursday um, it will cost two dollars or in 
£1 sterling. That is £1.64, I'm told at the moment. Um, well worth it, guys, wasn't it? Because it was, it was an hour of, uh, of chat and it was, it was very funny. Those were um, just a small selection of, of some of the best bits. Yeah, I think it was... Um, we don't really... you know, we're, we're quite serious on these kind of preview and review podcasts, so um, it's quite nice sometimes just to kind of talk utter rubbish about stuff that yeah. probably never happened. Um, and yeah, it was probably the most fun I've had doing the podcast, probably, recording them. Yeah, so you can go on uh, the Patreon website. It's spelt Patreon with an E for some reason, um, and we are Patreon slash Burst Ball Podcast. Um, there's nothing up at the moment, but as I say, they will. Uh, those shows will be available. There's that show... Um, you've got a, a Room 101 show, which I think was our best one. It was even better. Mm. Um, and there's also one we're going to record, I think, uh, on Wednesday, hopefully, which is a Burst Ball Hall of Fame where we'll be putting good things in as opposed to bad things in the Room 101 uh, episode. So, yeah, that's very good. We'll also have, of course, uh, this is show number 99, or 100 show will be on Wednesday. Um, that will just be a show looking back at our previous 99 shows, including this one. Um, some of the best moments, Louis referring, Louis referring to uh, Louis Moat as Raul Moat. Um, some other ones, uh, Ross going on about um, Warren having a great season for Inverness, even though he'd missed most of it with a broken leg. Um, so stuff like that is all going to be uh, happening on Wednesday's show. So um, listen out for that one. That will be free, um, along with our, our weekend preview, which will be with you later on in the week. Um Unfortunately, no time for questions today because it's been such a packed show. Thank you very much to Lewis Kemp and to Johnny Clark eh, for joining me, Hamish Carton, in the studio. We hope you've enjoyed and eh, we hope that you tune in for show number 100, which will be with you on Wednesday. Wednesday.